La pendule fait tic-tac, tic-tic. Les oiseaux du lac, pic-pac, pic-pic. Glou, 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 font tous les dindons. Et la jolie cloche, ding ding dong Mais boum, quand notre cœur fait boum. Tout avec lui dit boum. Et c'est l'amour qui s'éveille. Bonjour Rugby Friends and welcome to a new edition of the French Rugby Connection with moi, Véronique Glandieu, from Leafy Surrey. And today I'm really pleased uh, to have as my co-host, Bill Hooper. Bill, introduce yourself briefly. I'm Bill Hooper. I'm a rugby uh, freelance correspondent for the, the rugby paper. Brilliant, excellent. And you and me, we have a connection because your mother used to uh, live in uh, Brittany, in Quimper. So that makes you half French, half English and very much Celtic like me. Absolutely, yes. Cornish and Breton. <laughs> the best, <laughs> the best. So, hey, let's talk about the Rugby World Cup. What did you think about the, the opening ceremony? enjoyed it i found it really invigorating and uh i liked it very much i thought it it, it showed us a, a side of france that uh, france pr profound if you like back in the in, back in the day when the villages or the towns there was the fete there was the the, the ganguette uh, it was uh it and uh, the joie de vivre and then playing playing rugby Sunday afternoon, and it was it was brilliant. And then the troisième mi-temps afterwards, and then to round off a wonderful Pena Bayona to, uh, with, a, with a complete communion with, with the, the the actors on stage and, and and the crowd. It was fantastic. I thoroughly enjoyed it. So did I. I thought it was a good representation of France. You know, la la joie de vivre. Uh, la, 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 la belle vie in France, via its as gastronomy, its fashion, its passion, its conviviality, its quarrel between neighbors and so on. And I love seeing the baker, Mich Aka, <laughs> uh, Jean Dujardin, who is a strong rugby fan, believer. His father, his grandfather used to play rugby, a good friend of Fabien Gatier and all the rest. And I thought it was, it was great, you know. Um, however, some, People felt that it was a, a demodé, old-fashioned way of uh, projecting France, but I disagree with that statement. He wanted to recapture, you know, the essence of of France, and also I really like seeing William Webb Ellis, aka aka Robinock. I had the pleasure to speak earlier today, so I hope you will enjoy my conversation with him. <laughs> Hey, rugby friends, I'm so happy to have uh, today as my guest, uh, Robinok. Robinok, uh, tell me what happened on Friday evening. What were you doing? Oh, uh, well, you know, it was quite an interesting um, evening because um, there was a certain opening ceremony and I, Jean Dujardin, just basically setting the scene for the opening of the Rugby World Cup 2023. And then all of a sudden, They're messing around with this chicken, this cock francais, and it was, yeah, you know, that's just not possible. You've got to respect the rules of rugby. So it was, um, it was my task and my duty to appear on the giant screen as a certain William Webb Ellis and tell them that they need to be a little bit more um, respective of all of the, the rules and the regulations of uh, the rugby game. 
What a performance. It was absolutely amazing. And let's not forget. So introduce yourself very quickly for our listeners, Robbie. I'm, I'm a Welsh uh, uh, journalist, a rugby commentator, and also pitch side reporter uh, based in Paris. And I do a little bit of acting on the side. Yes, exactly. Hence the reason why, you know, you were picked up for, for the role of Web Ellis. You, you, took, you had the full attention of the crowd, that's for sure, and the actors. I think it was very important because um, having having worked with uh, Olivier and Nora, who were the the metteur en scène and the director artistique, uh, fantastic people. They 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 knew exactly what they were doing and they put together a really interesting show. But yeah, no, it was a it was quite an important moment for the you know for the opening. You know, it's. It was the it was the it was a big rugby element, and it was basically bringing in um, uh, what was rugby. We had a whole French scenario, a French village, and all of the the mise en scène, which was absolutely fantastic. And you know, um, uh, I, I, I to had to do that live, and you know, with all of the hundreds of people involved, was just remarkable. And then all of a sudden, yeah, I, I make this appearance and and get in the way of what they all of the, all of the the la folie française, and then afterwards, you know, they get back to business. And then we see exactly what they're trying to do, and and then we start off with a with a cracking opening game between France and the All Blacks. You were the the, the god of rugby, William <laughs> Webb. Of this, it was amazing. I have to say, I thoroughly enjoyed the opening ceremony. You know, Jean Dujardin being himself a bit like the artist, which is one of my favorite films ever. Mm. I, I I thought it was very fresh it did encapsulate you know the the essence of, of france of la france profonde which is uh, well known for gastronomy for fashion that joie de vivre in village that you can find all over france so i mean kudos for my part kudos for, for le metteur en scène for for uh for jean dujardin for yourself of course and all the wonderful volunteers let's speak about uh, the Opening game for La France contre la New Zealand. It's fantastic to see France play, you know, such high octane rugby. It's great to see how they um, believe in themselves. It's great to see them play attacking rugby, playing the rugby that everybody wants to see around the world. They're, 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 they're passing the ball around. They believe in each each other. They um, They work together sweat and they bleed together and you have to against the the mighty all blacks but you know they beat them last year at the same stadium in kind of a dress rehearsal um in the autumn test series and it was something magical that happened that night and you thought okay if this is what we're going to get for the opening encounter of the rugby world cup then we most definitely are in for a wonderful wonderful competition and that's exactly what happened. We had that. We had everything in it. There was drama. There was crazy kicking. There was, there was, there was, it was tense. It was physical. The hits were hard. The running, the skills, the passing, the offloads, the rucks, even the, the you know, the driving walls, it was all there. And I think that that made it really fascinating for everybody. And it basically put rugby in the minds and 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 in in the in the brains of absolutely everybody around the world who are actually sort of either saying, well, what is rugby all about? Because people in places like Barbados and and places, um, you know, let's uh, Papua New Guinea. You know, I mean, you know, they get the chance to see all of this now, and that's fantastic. It's being broadcast right around the world. 
everybody has access to the Rugby World Cup for the first time ever in 2023, and that is fantastic. And that was a good good way to kick off the campaign and and, and tell tell everybody what rugby is all about. Sensational, I have to say. The first half was a bit mm, a bit difficult. Lots of pressure, I suppose, put on the back of. Uh, put on the shoulder of the French team, but they, they backed the win, you know, they work on the deal. I mean, a work for improvement in some areas. So, okay, so we had the, the A-star team uh, for the opening game yesterday in Lille. However, it was a different story. Fabien Gattier decided, you know, to rest 12 players. So he made 12 changes. Um, not such a great game. It was a bit of a May game. Come see, come ça. You've got to look at the opponents, Veronique. The opponents are a, a hot property when it comes to, you know, wanting to play and to deliver, you know, at a Rugby World Cup. They seize their opportunities. It's not the Stade de France up in Lille. It's a different scenario. Uh, the fans are different. There's more football up there. Um, they, 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 they read the situation very well and they got, they got very much into the game. Um, they, they've got a really good team as well. And I was just so um, happy for uh, Arata, the number nine for Uruguay, because you can just see that they, they wear their hearts on their sleeves. They play very, very strong and aggressive rugby. They match players with the passion, just like Argentina and just like Chile that we saw. But this French team, I don't... It's the second um, choice team for Fabian Galtier. He probably maybe thought, okay, the players have given their hearts and they've fought for everything against New Zealand. Now they're getting a chance to play against Uruguay. It should be easier. Um, you just can't think that any game is going to be easier. If you can avoid making too many changes, avoid making changes. You know, you protect Dupont potentially, but you put him on the bench if you want. I, I, you know, you play, the, play, the, play your best rugby from start to finish. You know, you don't have to make all of those changes, I don't think. You know, I mean, Uruguay, not to be... Not a team to be looked at and snuffed at. I think you've got to really respect them. And I think that's a good learning lesson for every of the big teams who who look at a team and go, oh, well, they've been beaten. We put 50 points on them in every match that we played against them at every other Rugby World Cup. And we're going to do it again. You can't have that mentality. We can see that there are teams that are improving. There's a shift of... Um, Adding the power teams, um, you know, we've got Fiji who are coming up, the, the, we've got Samoa and Tonga, we've got Italy who are playing much better rugby. You can't take them for granted. And I think that that's exactly what Fabian Galtier did. And they were lucky that they didn't play with 14 players for the entire game. It might have been a different outcome. Yes, absolutely. And you are referring to the yellow card that could have become a red card. Yeah, exactly. Romanto Fafinua. Um, heavy charge, you know, um, into the tackle and very fortunate not to have been um, kept off with, um, having gone to the bunker. Mm. So hopefully, you know, Fabian would have, learned, would have learned from the team he selected. But anyway, um, so one week gone, has stood out in the first round. Well, the thing is that, um, I, you know, there's, you have to have a look at some of the games, some of the fixtures. They basically didn't tell us, you know, if a team's going to be great or it's not going to be great because there were some kind of mismatches. Um, 
Ireland up against Romania, they put 82 points on the Romanians. Unfortunately, I, for Romania, you know, they would have normally liked to have scored a few more points and put up a bit of a fight, bit of a bigger fight. It wasn't the case. Um, Ireland are very strong. They, but they played against Romania, unfortunately, who are not playing their best rugby at the moment. So we haven't really got to see Ireland up against one of the, the stronger teams in that group, of course, with um, South Africa and Scotland. But um, just going back, we talked about Group A um, with France. France have been, you know, the strong start, of course, last night's game, probably something to move on from. Um, pick out a couple of players like Makalu, for example, who could potentially come in and, and, and get, get himself on the bench, which would be great for the French team. Uh, New Zealand, of course, um, will be looking to hit back with uh, Namibia but um, tonight. But um, uh, I think that we need to look at Group C. Uh, Argentina, uh, sorry, Australia, not shining too well against Georgia. Um, for me, it had to be um, Fiji. Um, not just because I'm a Welshman, but because that was probably one of the... <laughs> One of the toughest matches with England, England and Argentina. But Fiji are a growing force, and they were a little bit unlucky not to have, you know, got that win with that final pass to Radrada um, that he just dropped. Um, it could have gone the other way. It could have gone the other way. So Wales have basically said, right, we're here. We want to fight. We want to play every game and win every game. And that's a great sign that Wales are in a very good place. Um, Fiji will be a little bit unlucky, but who knows? Maybe they'll finish in, in, you know, in the top one of the top two places as well. That is very, very possible. Um, moving on to Group D, um, Argentina disappointing, despite the fact that they uh, that Tom Curry was. Um, Sinbin for England, um, and and then kept off, of course, after the bunker decision. Decision could have been a completely different game for Argentina. They didn't look like they were driven by a man called Ford. Obviously, enabled them to go on for the win. Uh, Japan, um, yeah, they look pretty strong. We'll see how they fare. Looking forward to seeing how Samoa get on. I'm looking forward to see how Tonga get on, and of course. Um, Tonga coming up against Ireland is going to be one almighty massive clash. Samoa against Chile is going to be interesting as well. And then, of course, we've got Wales against Portugal, which will be interesting just to see how, you know, these new teams, how they get on. That's going to be interesting too. Definitely. And tonight, finally, where will you be, Robbie? So I'm going to be at the Stadium in Toulouse on the side of the pitch, um, following and working for World Rugby for the match between New Zealand and Namibia. Both teams and yet to get a win. So there you go. It's all up for grabs. Ah, oh, definitely, definitely. Can't wait to to watch it. Hey, it's been a pleasure speaking with you, Robbie, and uh, enjoy the, the the tonight. And uh, merci beaucoup. Avec plaisir. Bill, what were your impressions of the game against New Zealand last week? Um, I thought France played very well. Um, they got off to the winning start, which they needed to do. I think... Um, I think that this game has been a long time coming and the pressure had, been, had built on France, but they really needed to get off to a good start and they did that in great style against New Zealand. 
Definitely. But having said that, you know, I think the, the first half was a bit painful for them. They, they perk up second half, but there's still room some improvement and they were humble to recognize that, uh, yeah, they need to, they need to be a bit more, more switch on next time. But, you know, we put the blame on, on the fact it was the opening night, you know, playing a strong opponent, New Zealand number uh, four in the world. And if you look back in 2007, Bill, you may remember, but uh, during the opening night, they completely froze. I know because I was in the Stade de France that night, so I saw that game live. It, absolutely, it, it, it wasn't a great start against Argentina in, in 2007. But it wasn't a great start, in all fairness, against New Zealand last last week. I mean, conceding an early try wasn't ideal. But, but France found their way back and played them, themselves back into the game. It was really great. Exactly. And so this week, Fabien Gaudier decided, you know, to rest some part of his uh, general, of his, uh, of the French army, made 12 changes yesterday match. And the result was very lukewarm. So what's your thought about that? I, I had horrifying thoughts about 2011 when they played Tonga and lost. You probably remember that one. Um, yeah, it, it, the, the team just didn't gel last night. They, they got off to the worst possible start, again conceding an early try, which wasn't great, but rather an early, uh, early penalty. And then they managed to find their way back into the, into the game. But it was it, it was hard work. It really was hard work. Um, they made far, far too many mistakes, unforced errors. Penalty count was 15, which in the previous week only far five. Yes, I, I have to say the only positive from my point of view was to see jo, uh, Anthony Jolonge back on the pitch avec, uh, after six months uh, absence. So it was good to see him and he, he, he did fight. I think they, they, they lost it. Lack of focus, lack of discipline. And let's not forget about Uruguay. Uruguay is a strong opponent 20 years ago you may remember when they played against England I believe that England won I think they nearly nearly scored 100 points so now we're talking about a completely different scenario in terms that you know at halftime there was only one point difference between the team which is ranking number 17 in the world rugby ranking and a team ranked second so I think Fabien Gatti got it wrong with the selection of his squad and even if he said during the the press conference was being diplomatic of course of Uruguay I think he should have had maybe some of his key players on the bench but he wanted to give them a rest which is understandable. You need it to. It's a long tournament. You're going to get injuries. You're going to get players that get injured. Who could end up getting cards in the tournament? And you've got to manage that. It's all part of the process of a, of a tournament rugby. But uh, no, you know, last night it, it was it was it was difficult. You remember to go Uruguay beat Fiji. So it's great to see these nations coming on and, and improving their stats. It makes the Rugby World Cup that much more interesting. And that really is the goal for the tournament going forward. It's got to be an interesting, exciting tournament. It's no good having 98-0 whitewashes. That doesn't do the tournament any good. It gives it no credibility at all. Uh, I agree with you. And and I would say, you know, for, for the next team, if you look at, I mean, Fiji, Fiji, for instance, you know, has been... 
up and up in the last few years. They should have really scored that try <laughs> in the dying second of the game. That was so, so painful, you know. I was really rooting for the underdogs, for Fiji, but now they've got a tough job. They have to win against Australia. Any teams that uh, you were presently surprised? I enjoyed watching Chile when they played Japan. I thought they played some good rugby and I, I, was, I was excited to see them. They gave Japan a very good game. From the minnows, I mean, from the established nation, South Africa certainly looked very, very good when they played Scotland. And they put, I think they put Scotland away a lot easier than a lot of people thought they would. So that, that was a good game. England, okay, they, they did well against Argentina. They certainly needed to win. But I think in the next game, when they take on Japan, really got to show just the, there's just George Ford kicking goals and dropping goals. They need to show much more adventurous rugby. Uh, if they do that, then perhaps they, they are then back in business. That's a, that's a very interesting point you are, you are making. Yes, they played very smartly. Last week, with 14 men for about 78 minutes, they, this, their strategy was to put some points on the board at yeah. any cost. So, yes, they, they did resort to, to Ford and, and others, you know, so it was a great defensive uh, tactic. But, yeah, let's wait and see. I wish them well. Obviously, living in England, and I'm rooting for England, of course. <laughs> but, yes, it would be interesting. So, France next week will be meeting with Namibia. It's, it's going to be interesting. I, I can remember, going, again, going back to 2007, I, I saw the game between France and Namibia and Toulouse, and it was a, a, a great game. But, but France won very, very easily. I, I don't think it's going to be like that this time. It's going to be, I think it'll be closer. But I expect France to win. I expect France to perhaps certainly feel more of their first choice players, because I don't think they can, have, again, have a disjointed performance as they did it last time against Uruguay. Yes. So, this weekend, let's go back to this weekend. What are the games? Well, I suppose the the game that really catches the eye is Australia against Fiji on Sunday. That, that That's the game. A little, little bit of vested interest because down here in Cornwall, we have got a player from, who was born in Cornwall who plays for Fiji. And that's Sam Matavesi, the hooker. Oh, interesting. I wasn't aware of this. Well, his, his father came to live in um, in, in Cornwall uh, when he toured with the Fijian Barbarians back in the 1980s. And he, he settled here and married a Cornish girl. And the three boys were all born, all born in Truro. So I know Matavesi very well. He, he's, a, he's a great great buddy of mine. I know his brothers as well, Josh Matavesi and Joel. In fact, I saw, I saw Josh playing last weekend for Camborne against Red Ruth when uh, he was playing for Camborne, and it's, it's great. So down here in Cornwall, we have a, a town, Camborne, who are solidly behind in this World, World Cup and cheering like mad for, for Josh Matavesi, or rather Sam Matavesi. Absolutely amazing stories. And uh, it's very nice to see the, the offspring of, for instance, Put Hamak, you know, and now you just mentioned that, that, that play from Fiji, whose father played for Barbarian. And the story you told me as well, you, you saw Fabien Gatier playing when he was young in Cornwall. Tell us our, our listeners about that story. 
saw him playing. It was back in 1999, just before the that world, the World Cup of that year. Um, he was out of the team. He, he, he wasn't the first choice. Uh, and he played for France A against England A down at Red Roof. And uh, I think that was one of the games. Serge Betson also played in that game. Um, it was one of the games that, that really brought him back to, into the thoughts of the French and after that, you know, he came back into the team and then he had a really great World Cup in 1999 when France got to the final only to lose to Australia. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. And yes, that's it. And I think he took it so badly that uh, he decided to not to play for the La Petite Finale, <laughs> the fourth against the third. But it's a long story. It's a very, we won't go into that, <laughs> that aspect of thing. But yeah, it was a devastating uh, time for, for Fabien and not only for Fabien, for the rest of the team, because I mentioned that in previous edition, France, was three-time finalist, first one 1987, with the likes of Blanco, Sela, Menel, you know, when we were, they were still amateur, New Zealand was already professional, so it wasn't really quite, quite equal. Then, refresh my memory, my memory. It was when they played Australia in the final. Yes, okay, in 1999. And then 2011, um, Dusatois' team, which <sighs> lost New Zealand. By one single point, one. Yeah, that was extremely painful. And then afterwards, you know, it was France had a few dire, dire years. And now, thanks to that new golden generation, we are back to the fore and being treated, you know, with great, great respect. And hopefully, keeping my finger crossed, touching some wood, we'll be lifting the 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 trophy cup, the. William Webb Ellis. So what are the chances for the number four teams? You know, right now we did say the strong contenders, Bill, were France, Ireland, New Zealand, South Africa. After one week, I know it's a long, we still have another five weeks to go, but which team has impressed you the most? Well, I suppose really it's it's got to be South Africa. Uh, they they had a good start. Ireland, of course, are going to be very very strong, and they're going to be there or thereabouts. No two ways about it. Um, New Zealand, okay, they lost the game, but New Zealand will come back. That's for certain. Never write off New Zealand. Never. I, I, I think France France will get better. They, they they must and they will. This is a great chance for France to 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 win the cup on the soil that soccer world in Paris. France got a great chance and uh, wants to try and replicate what the, the soccer side of 1998 did winning the World Cup on home soil. 1998 and don't forget 2018 as well. Yes, but the 1998 was in France. <laughs> it was, it was indeed. I remember very well. I was living in England. I was the only one in my street, you know, to celebrate a French win. <laughs> I was absolutely scintillating, absolutely spellbinding, you know, uh, time of event. But so, hey, Bill, it's been lovely, lovely to speak with you. C'était très sympa de t'avoir, uh, d'avoir discuté avec toi. It's very, very nice. I hope to be able to speak to you another time. Oui, j'espère beaucoup. Uh, et, uh... À la prochaine fois. Okay. Until next time. Merci. Au revoir. Au revoir. Au revoir. La pendule fait tic tac tic tic. Les oiseaux du lac pic pac pic pic. Glou 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 font tous les dindons. 
Et la jolie cloche ding-ding-dong Mais boum, quand notre cœur fait boum Tout avec lui dit boum Et c'est l'amour qui s'éveille